When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is iFanboy's special edition, The Batman. Fanboy Special Edition, The Batman. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I am here with Mike Romo. Hello. And special guest, Hank Nazarbot. What up? Very special. Mike used to write for iFanboy and appears on shows. If you're a patron, you're familiar with Hank from The Hangouts. Hangout. And we are here to talk about The Batman, the newest film from Warner Brothers DC and director, writer Matt Reeves. He co-wrote the film with Peter Craig, and we will have spoilers in this conversation, so if you haven't seen the film, you may want to pause it and come back. This is a film that <laughs> we've been waiting for a while. It was COVID-delayed. It was co- it was delayed not just from general COVID, but Batman got COVID, so they had to shut down for a while. And we've been hearing about this movie, seeing trailers, seeing photos for a couple of years now, so now the film's finally out. It has a runtime of two hours and 55 minutes. Boy, is it long. Stars Robert Pattinson as Batman, Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle, Catwoman, Jeffrey Wright as Jim Gordon, Colin Farrell as the Penguin, Paul Dano as Riddler, John Turturro, surprising appearance as Carmine Falcone. A lot of people will talk about them as we go, but let's talk about it first. So are you guys Matt Reeves fans? He came from the Apes films, the highly acclaimed I Apes really series. liked the, uh, the first one of the Apes films. I actually bought it. On Blu-ray, I didn't. But I, when I saw that it was Matt Reeves, I, I will admit, I had no idea who he was. I don't even think he made the first Apes movie. I think he did the sequels. Oh well, then Dawn of and War for. Oh, see, I didn't yeah. like the second one, and I never thought saw the third one. So never mind. I have only seen Cloverfield, which I enjoyed, oh. but not loved. Yeah. But yeah, uh, right. that's the only experience I have with him. Yeah. Yeah. Is he a TV guy? He started yeah. in TV. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm on the same boat as Mike. I saw the first ape film, the post... Well, the first one was Burton, right? Rise of the... No, the Fra- no. James Franco one. The Franco one. Really good. I saw that one, and yeah. then I don't think I saw any other ones. So I didn't really have... As a director-writer, I didn't know what to expect. I wasn't yeah. excited. Cloverfield, I didn't even, I'd forgotten he did Cloverfield. That was a long time ago. Yeah. That was a lifetime ago. But when you guys heard it was 255, what were your initial thoughts? It was too late for me to do anything about it. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Honestly, I came into this really knowing nothing except for the casting and knowing Mm -hmm. about the Riddler. I had watched one trailer. I had honestly zero interest in seeing the film. I came into it excited to talk to you guys about it, but really had zero expectations. I just kind of assumed it was just going to be like every other Batman film. So I really came into it with very low expectations, and Matt Reeves was probably at the bottom of the barrel in terms of a bucket full of expectations. 
And, and the time thing, I didn't even know until I saw Whitney basically asleep next to me. And then I checked my watch and couldn't believe it was 11 o'clock. We started at 8.30 and I was like, I, I, am, I am still here. <laughs> well, I mean, there's people who don't like long, movies that long. And I've had lots of discussions about this. If it earns it, fuck yeah, it. You know, exactly. that's kind of how I felt too. By the time I already knew it was three hours, I was like, fuck it, man. Let's see what they do. Yeah. I think I'm a little more open-minded towards that than some other people. Yeah. I certainly don't categorize a film that I'm going to like it or not I based like. on its length. Yeah, I, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. It, if it's got a story that is compelling. Now, I will say this one sort of felt like a wedding toast that kept going and going. I kept feeling like I was going to lift my glass to drink and then it, then the movie kept going. So I felt like it had several different endings. I feel like it could have probably cut quite a bit. But I wasn't like, well, prove it to me that you're worth my three-hour investment, which was an expensive advance, investment because I saw it at the uh, iPick on Westwood, which is a $20 ticket. Let's just dive into it. Yeah, let's go. Overall, I liked it. I had a really good time. There is a lot in the film, and I think I need to see it again to really sort of dive into it because there's so yeah. much going on. There's a lot of characters. There's a lot of story. Mm, it, yeah. was, it almost at times felt like it was paced like a three-hour TV special. You yeah, know, like it, it, it kind of had segments. Yeah, it definitely had like segments. To me, it felt very much like a straight ahead comic book, in as much as yeah. I found a comic at the airport. It was issue number four, and I just started reading mm. it. I really liked that it just kind of like just started happening. There was no preamble. I completely agree. I, th- I think one of the smartest things they did with this movie is trust the audience yep. to know who this character is. And their priority was to play with that rather than to tell us the same story we've seen five times. I thought that was really refreshing. And to start the movie that efficiently was a great idea. And I I do think that the start, the intro to this movie is shorter than you would expect with a three-hour movie. They really just get to it. Yeah, right. Like the first act of this movie is long, but it is enjoyable. Like the preamble is so short. Yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun that they were just, here, the movie's starting, go. I will admit, so I, I was a little distracted because there must have been a crew, maybe from, I felt like the, a bunch of people that knew people in the movie or something, there were a lot of, like, I saw it in an iPic, so it's a very small house, and there were a lot of people, like, texting their friends and taking pictures of themselves uh. while at the theater as if to say, hey, look, we're going to see it, office mates or whatever. So that was kind of distracting. And then when I looked up, you know, there's kind of the shot and we're looking at it from a character's point of view into the window of the guy. Yeah. He was breathing heavily. And I kid you not, I thought that was Batman in a mask, breathing heavily. Well, yeah, they, they don't tell you who it is until, yeah. until he appears. So. And then I realized, oh, it was the other guy. But I was like, I thought I had missed something. So I just didn't know if it was a bat voyeur moment or whatever. So well, I was he really is later con- on. He's a, yeah, he certainly later is. Later on, he's a bat Very voyeur. creepy. Holy Selena, Kyle. Underwear, Batman. Well, I think the best thing about this movie is that it is a story that we have not seen from a Batman film in that For sure. it's a detective story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, mm-hmm. He did very, very little detecting in the Nolan trilogy. The, the, the most I can think of is when he pulled the bullet out of the wall in The Dark Knight the and analyzed yeah. it. And that was about it. And that's technology. Yeah. Yeah, and this is a lot of just, you know, looking at things. And, and, Det- and yeah. you could say maybe they need to tighten up him looking at things, but, like, it sort of added to the atmosphere of 
you know, it's a cliche to call it a, like a noir detective story, but it adds to the atmosphere of him in the shadowy room looking at clues and thinking. And that's in Batman we've never, ever seen outside of the comic books before. So I thought that was really refreshing to see, well, he's actually being the Dark Knight detective here. Absolutely. Which was great. And almost like Gordon was his partner for like the middle hour, like they were running around together. Oh, yeah, like, that, was, that was so much fun. And even Selena, I mean, they were, they were a yeah. crew there for a little bit. The trio of them, I thought that part was really, really fun to watch their dynamic. And They had excellent chemistry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that was the biggest question mark for me going into it was Robert Pattinson, right? Because, you know, <laughs> if Batman doesn't work, then the whole thing falls apart. And I thought he was great. Well, what was great I is that we... Surprisingly good. We got more of him as the Batman. This is a movie about the Batman. Bruce yeah. was just an afterthought, which I thought Absolutely. was a real... Which was kind of a great choice that which made me think about the comics a lot like for a while for seven issues it's just going to be a batman detective story and there wasn't Mm -hmm. this kind of like frustrating struggle of trying to show his playboy around town type of thing they were not interested in that at all which i thought was actually pretty cool that's actually my favorite thing about the movie is just in a global sense this movie had a vision it had a vision and approach for how they wanted to treat the character and the city and the world. Yeah. And they kind of just threw all those other elements away that they didn't want. And they ended up with something that was really unique. And I feel like so many of the elements in the movie maybe wouldn't work in other Batman or other superhero stories, but they worked so well in this specific vision. And that brings up a bigger point of like, I feel like you can discredit this movie for what it isn't. If you wanted to, that's not how I choose to see film and not how I choose sure. to see this movie. But if you just want to celebrate what this movie is, there is so much to celebrate. If you want to say, well, I want Playboy Bruce Wayne in my <laughs> Batman movie, like, yeah, okay, well, go watch those other, you know, like Michael Keaton is fucking great at that. Go do yeah. that, you know? <laughs> I also think that they're leading in that direction, right? You know, we started off Batman's in a really dark, <laughs> literally dark place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's even the discussion he has along the whole film with Alfred is you are not honoring your family. You're not honoring your legacy. And then by the end of it, he realizes I can't be this dour. Yeah, yeah. I can't that's be the avatar of vengeance. In the very beginning, he saves that dude from the, like, the Joker thugs and the guy's afraid of him. And by yeah. the end of it, he's helping kids out of the water. And he's like, I, I got to be the avatar of hope even though it's Superman. But got to believe if Matt Reeves has a plan here for like a, a trilogy, then it's got to be an arc of... Batman sort of rediscovering his humanity. Sure. That's what, that's what it feels like they're letting toward. I was going to say that that moment at the end when they pull the mask off that Riddler goon yeah. and yep. they say, who are you? And he says, I am vengeance. To me, that was Matt Reeves in the movie saying, this is the cycle of vengeance. It doesn't mm-hmm. go anywhere. There's no progress right. here. You know, you have to have something else in your engine. Right. It's like the whole dig two graves thing. I liked how spare it was. Usually there's a couple of side plots that don't get a lot of shrift in, or they try to pay attention to. Here it was just kind of one plot barreling through. Oh, yeah. And what it sustained be, what itself. For, story, you know? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there was, you know, Selena had a little bit of a side thing, but they were all in service. They were all in the wake of this main mm-hmm. story, which I thought was really refreshing as well. And the fact that it, they were able to sustain it for three hours is actually quite a trick. Oh, yeah. It's really as you sort of buckle up and you're in. It was pretty unrelenting in that way. Absolutely. That's a word that came to mind as well. But to Connor's point, to Connor's point, that is in the style of noir detective stories where like the the case, the case is the case and the character are the movie. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to have frills on this thing or extra fat on it. And the fact that they had that kind of movie and sustained my attention for three hours is yeah. pretty special. Long Halloween kind of had that, right? and Dark Victory. I really thought about... Well, Long, Long Halloween, Halloween was a very heavy influence. There was, there was whole dialogue bits from Long Halloween in the movie. I just loved having that kind of clock in the sky almost of there is an impending, something's going to happen, we have to figure this out quick. And it was almost like yeah. in real time in a way. It, was just, it seemed like it just took place over a couple of days. Yeah, I feel that way too. People do listen to this show who have seen the movie. So real quick, the idea of the story is that... Mm-hmm. The Riddler is uncovering corruption and hypocrisy in Gotham City. He's a serial killer. It starts off, he kills the mayor, and then he goes through and kills the police commissioner. And he's going through and exposing that the government and the mob, the mafia families are all intertwined and everyone's involved with each other. And everyone who claims to be the savior of Gotham is actually destroying it. And so that's the whole thing that Batman is trying to stop. At the same time, he wants to expose the corruption as well. So it's a very intricate, complicated situation where what is the Penguin's role in all this? And what are the cops' role in, cops are in all this? And what the, the DA? And yeah. there's a lot of things that they have to get through to get to the end of this. Right. My biggest issue with the movie is that the plot was pretty complicated. Yeah. And mm-hmm. to have, I think the, the reason why I had a hard time tracking it is because this giant bust that they have the biggest bust in the history of gotham pd happens off screen it's off it's outside of the movie so for me to contextualize that kind of stuff was a little more difficult for me because like two and a half hours into the movie they're talking about an event and i'm like did i see that two hours ago or sure (laughs) Sure. no they keep referring to it they keep referring to it and i'm like did i see that i don't remember that what was that character name from two hours ago i can't fucking remember yeah. Maybe I'm just right. an idiot, but like Connor said, like there's a lot in this movie, and it's just, they really pack it in. Yeah, that was my biggest issue with the movie. Is it just it was a little complicated. It wasn't complicated enough where I wasn't enjoying myself, but it was complicated enough where I was like a line or two behind. With, I, I, you know, I felt sometimes. like it was kind of suffocating uh, the uh, the corruption, which I felt I like I felt like Bruce at times was kind of like not helpless, but really like to try to change. The corruption was entrenched, and you really got that feeling. Like, mm-hmm. how are you going to battle this? And I, I was like, it's for a while. I was like, this is going to be too big for this movie for him to do this, which I thought was kind yeah, of a, thought- a cool struggle. Well, he even <laughs> says that. He says, uh, "What's the point of this? I've been doing this for two years. Nothing. It's gotten worse." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's always sort of the start. And this is an early Batman. He's been Batman for two years at this point. Yeah. That's always sort of the start of his story is this is way too big. But then Gordon comes along and Gordon becomes police commissioner. It's like baby steps. Well, he yeah. doesn't. Takes... He doesn't, right? They well, no, I, I thought they were going to announce that at the end press conference, but he's Lieutenant Gordon here. I actually thought about that towards the end. I'm like, wait, are police commissioners assigned or are they elected? <laughs> like, can they just... <laughs> they're appointed. Yeah, they're, appointed. Yeah, they're appointed, right? Like, she could just appoint yeah. them right now. Oh, yeah. I, I thought yeah. about it while that scene was happening. <laughs> that happened in the Nolan film. Remember, Commissioner Gordon. Oh, that's right. That's and... right. Just a brief aside, so my expectations going into this movie were very... I was just not involved, really. Right. And I saw, the, I saw the trailer that came out, like, two years ago of him, like, walking through that crime scene or whatever. I haven't heard anything since. I haven't paid attention to any of the chatter. Same. I thought it was a one-off movie. Mm-hmm. So when they started, like, there were two specific moments where I was like, oh, shit, are they setting up another movie? Which was, he's not Commissioner Gordon yet, and the Penguin yep. is not the big crime boss in town. Yeah. No. And I was like, yeah. oh, if he's not the big crime bot, like, if he's the number two, are they setting something up? For- What's interesting is they're doing 
two HBO Max tie-in series. Oh, oh, one really? about the cops and one about Penguin. Would it be Jeffrey Wright? I would assume so. I, I assume they're just going to be like, you know, six episodes. You know, but is it taking place but... in the cat? The ending with it was like that whole. Remember when Gotham had gotten hit by that earthquake? Was a cataclysm? That yeah. whole wasn't a yeah, year-long cataclysm. series. So. That was. Yeah. I thought that was really kind of like because I didn't. I just thought this was going to be one off, and I'm like, wait, are they going to do a Cataclysm style Batman? There's no easy way to that ending. You know, <laughs> it's and I want to get to the ending in a second because that's a whole other. Yeah, we'll say, yeah, yeah. Let's I do put... want to take a step back and talk about the art direction, mm-hmm. which was really interesting. The costume I kept going back and forth on, but I love how 70s inspired it was, including the muscle car Batmobile, which is oh, very the reminiscent Adams of thing. the muscle car Batmobile he right. had in the 70s comics. And in the 70s comics, he also lived in the tower and not in the, in the manor. Right. So from the grimy grunginess of the city to the iconography of Batman, it, it felt very uh, 70s inspired. Connor, I was going to ask you this. You would, ha- you would have a better point of reference in this than I would. But is there a precedent for Batman having the Batcave through a train, train track like that? I thought yeah. that was cool. I thought it was such a cool idea. It reminded me of Lex Luthor's old home in Superman 1, where he's also in an (laughs) abandoned uh, subway station. Can you think of any? Possibly in the tower, because there there was a time when he was living in the tower, but not not in the manor. But it was cool. I kept thinking of Franco Villa's... Remember there was that Batman... Maybe it was just concept art. Matt Reeves said Frank Avila was a big influence on it. Was his the uh, the seventies Batman art he was doing? Yeah, there was that one. I don't remember, but there's a Batman series where he's like wearing a trench coat almost, and but the silhouette was very much like the Frank Avila art that I had seen with the big sort of swooping. That was a very different car, but that silhouette mm-hmm. of his costume was pretty cool. Very functional costume. The introduction of the car, <laughs> not in the background where we Fantastic. saw it, but when it was finally yeah. in the in the moment. Yeah. I thought there was some great sound design in this film. Amazing. Excellent, yeah. yeah. Again, just uh, he wanted to scare people with his car. Yeah. The red eye sort of thing, and it just <laughs> yeah. rumbles at you. Like, it was this beast coming. It was, it was like I was like, shit. Like, I was in a very big, loud theater, and I was like, fuck, this is, this is not, not a joke. And then the way we first see Batman is, you know, these, these Joker thugs, these guys inspired by the Joker, are, are menacing this guy in the subway, and he comes out of the shadows. But instead of the normal way that Batman does that, which would be to appear silently... We get the, the sound of the footsteps, yeah. which they use several times in the film. I thought that was so interesting and kind of cool. It was like this staccato sense of doom coming at you. And he wasn't running. He no. wasn't in a hurry. And he knows you're not going anywhere. Like, yeah. Like, I am coming. It was like a Western, right? Like, yeah. It, it, yeah. I, almost, I almost felt like I heard spurs when I when, yeah. it was, like he, when he saw Cleef. the soul. Yeah. There was great sound stuff and great visual design. The costume... I came around them by the end. I liked that it was gray and black, first of all, because I just, I just hate the all-black costume. Mm-hmm. It was, seemed to be very inspired by the video games, like the, the chess the logo was very stuff. much like the Arkham, the Arkham video games. It was fine. By the end of it, I, I quite liked it. I liked the mask a lot. I thought the mask was one of the best ones. Very functional. You're right. Yeah, functional. gave movement, expression. and By the end of it, I was pretty happy with the way it looked. I wasn't sure in the beginning. I wasn't sure based on the... The promotional materials and things. I liked it with a little scruff, a little scruff on his uh, face. Yeah, I like that the, he had the wear and tear on there. Yeah. Again, like with every Batman franchise, I think they like push the verisimilitude, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. I feel like this was very lived in. And I also, they kind of, it was a great balance of he is just a human, but he is larger than life a little bit. Like I think a, a lot of credit needs to go to Robert Pattinson yeah. and mm-hmm. the costume designers and the way that they shot Batman. They shot Batman with such presence mm-hmm. in every scene. He was he had so much gravity 
And I think that was a lot due to how grounded that design was and yeah. how they really rode the balance between like, he's larger But they also life. didn't, they weren't afraid to play with how weird it was. You know, again, things we don't see in these films, him just hanging out in a crime scene with all the cops. Yeah. Yes, yes. And that was, great scenes. Yeah. Uh-huh. He just looked weird he looks and out ridiculous. of place. So you got this yeah. sense of the cops being like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Like, why are they you touching this stuff? Like, are you with it? What is this, Gordon? What are you doing? Who was your buddy? Your buddy's freaking me out. Yeah. But I also really liked the camera in his eye. That, that was, was pretty really cool. cool. That yeah, was pretty really cool. cool. He kept staring really hard at things in that first crime scene. You're like, is he just really he thinking? Really intense. <laughs> He's capturing images, and that was just. I thought that was all very cool and interesting. And also, but that. stark contrast his you know his sturdiness and that sort of gravitas when he w- is Bruce. He's like just a w- almost ethereal, right? He's almost he can't function. He's yeah. just. Yeah. He reminded me a little bit of the Crow, right? Brandon Lee in a weird yeah. way, just like yeah. w- without the suit. He is he is not grounded, and uh, he's almost like being a, a strong breeze could push him over. Well, Selena says as much in the movie. She said, "Who are you under there? Oh, this is the real you." Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no point in looking under the mask. So let's talk about Selena and the 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 villains uh, and the supporting cast. She was great. Zoe Kravitz was just incredible. I think she becomes instantly sort of the iconic Catwoman in this movie. Unbelievable. Right. Her just the way she walked. There were so many times when I thought about Tim Sales' art. Just the way she would walk yeah. off camera. Uh-huh. It was just very powerful, but very slinky. Like it, mm-hmm. like every she just really was that character. It was great to see. And her I love Michelle life. Pfeiffer. Yeah. She's great in yeah. Batman Returns. But like this film feels more like the, probably the truest of the comics that we've seen so far. And so in that sense, she feels truer to the comic Catwoman than. Mm-hmm. Well, again, Michelle Pfeiffer, Michelle Pfeiffer is, is right for that. Tim, you know, Zoe Kravitz yeah. in in Batman Returns would be weird, and Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. in this would be weird. You know. <laughs> yeah. This it just totally worked. This vision for the character totally worked. Again, if you want her to be a straight-up villain, you're going to be disappointed. But if you're open for this new kind of story, I, the closest this comes to, like a B story or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, is yeah. they really, for the first time, sold a Batman romance story Yeah, really, really well. They really stuck the landing on that, and they really sold it realistically. I thought that was, in some ways, the heart of the movie. It was really, really great. But, well, so much so that when they, at the end, where they split, one goes one direction, the other uh-huh. goes the other direction, I was just as emotionally compelled and interested to follow her down the road, yeah. which is a real trick. Cause, I mean, because, I mean, he felt the same way. Yeah. Well, if you're, if you're looking at it from a business standpoint, now they very easily can do a Catwoman and Bloodhaven movie. It'd be fantastic. She made that look effortless. And also the way she was so good with the different costumes and the different characters that she had to play. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. she, was, she was just like what Bruce used to have to do with all of his costumes in the book. She was yep. doing that like all the time. She, talk about nine lives. She kept yep, right. putting on all these personas to get what she wanted. And she was such a really terrific cat burglar. That, even that little mm. tiny thing where she used that hole to open up the safe, where she had these little very specific tools. You saw them in her apartment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She had this entire backstory, entire set of capabilities and skills that they never really shined a, a bright light on, but she just sort of imbued it as being natural to her. So I thought that was very, I thought all of the tech was very natural and lived in, and yeah. they didn't make a big deal out of it. And I thought that was great. When she had her mask, yeah, the knit hat that was just yeah. cut out for her eyes, I was like, Oh man, I hope they don't upgrade this. This is no, so cool. <laughs> and I was so relieved that they didn't. 
I kept wondering, oh, when is she going to come at the end of the film? She's going to have some sort of bat version I thought, of it. I thought he was going to give her one. I thought he was going to yeah, be exactly. like, I was so friend. relieved when they were Same. like, nope, that's just, that's her because that's what cat burglars do. You know, they, <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. yeah she, she, that was Whitney's favorite part by far was um, just. That she, that she caught while she was awake. And she had great yeah, yeah. fight choreography. I thought all the fight choreography was great. And you really felt oh. the weight of the punching and the, but her sort of ballet-esque. Nails. The kicking and the scratching was very much, you know, the, the kicking and the scratching. and Yeah. And even her exit when she, I can take care of yeah. myself and jumps off the, the uh, scaffolding was yeah. just, again, effortless like a cat. Even when she goes, her first scene when she go, leaves her apartment, boom, bump, bump, just like a cat going down the fire escape. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was anyone having more fun than Colin Farrell? No. <laughs> you know who was? My wife afterwards. <laughs> First thing she said when the credits roll is she said, who the hell did they get to play the penguin? Wow. <laughs> Where did this guy come from? He's got that scar down his face. Like, I haven't seen that guy in anything. Wow. And then I had a lot of fun saying, that is heartthrob <laughs> Colin Farrell. They should give the Oscar to the makeup department now. But I had For the sure. opposite direction with my wife who said, I didn't come to this movie to see Colin Farrell under four pounds of makeup. <laughs> I want to see those Uh-oh. abs, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, Let me hear that brogue. <laughs> And the thing is, you know, Colin Farrell is is kind of like Brad Pitt in the way that they're both character actors who are stuck mm-hmm. in leading man bodies. And Colin mm-hmm. Farrell very quickly was like, I don't want to do this anymore and has been trying to do more interesting parts. And this was He's perfect. been on a tear. He's been on a tear for years. Yeah. Yeah. And he is terrific in this part. He's fantastic. Unrecognizable. He's the only one who gets laughs. In this whole and that's movie. the only my, – my only criticism yeah. of the movie really was that it was very unrelentingly – serious Dower. and they yeah, could have yeah. used a little bit of lightheartedness i'm not saying make it a comedy or even make it a marvel movie i'm just saying maybe one more character that occasionally says something that was mildly amusing because <laughs> everything was really really intense it was tough with that crew of characters i don't know yeah. where i mean other than the riddler i don't know where that you know what the biggest laugh of the movie for me was so usually alfred's the lighthearted right right bit. he's the one kind of like cutting batman down to size yeah. The biggest laugh for me in the movie was, oh, fuck, I just forgot it. It was uh, what, the Riddler. <laughs> it's got to be Paul Dano's. Oh, was, my God. When, yeah. When, <laughs> I la- it was kind of surreal for me, but I was like, oh, it's 2022, so I guess we're just watching a movie where Batman FaceTimes the Riddler. <laughs> And like you, you, like you see, you see the little like yeah, um, little mini thing. Call like the image, the mini thing of Batman yeah. just like holding a camera in his face. <laughs> it was great. It was like, great. Yeah, sure. Fuck it. Why not? Like, and when he's talking to his <laughs> on his stream later, and he's like, "Hey guys, thanks for the likes and comments." Like, yeah, that was, was hilarious. The Riddler as influencer. I thought he was going to say like, "Let's hit <laughs> that like and subscribe button." He basically said it without having to say it. That entire yeah. video hey guys. was because so, his tone was different, right? It was his yes. buddies. Yeah. And it was just, it really was, uh, the Riddler safe, TikTok yeah. fan is just so funny. <laughs> that it, it, it was, yeah. How, what do you guys think of Totoro? I had no idea it was in that, and I've been watching him. I try to avoid trailers. I, I try like, to avoid yeah, as I much as possible. I don't think I knew he was in it either. I had no yeah, idea. I didn't know he was in it at all, so it was surprising. I was delighted whenever he shows up. So that was When he actor. showed up and he killed it in that first scene, I was like, oh, God, this cast no. is so good. He's, uh, the cast <laughs> is good. Mm-hmm. Paul Dano's Riddler. So... Going way back into the old days of the internet, and even back when I had the internet, it was just text-based in college. Jesus. <laughs> there's always been a corner of the Batman fandom that wanted like a super hardcore Batman serial killer murder mystery where the Riddler was the bad guy. And that's been set online. So it was interesting mm. that they finally did it. Mm. I didn't have a problem with making the Riddler this character. They don't really know what to do with the Riddler. 
Frank Gorshin is to me the iconic Riddler, but he was really just the Joker in that sh- in, in that show. Yeah. He was the same character as he and uh, Cesar Romero were doing the same thing. But to differentiate him, I thought they did a really good job of staying true to the Riddler. And when he took off his mask and he had the glasses on, I was like, oh shit, he looks just like the Riddler. Staying true to the Riddler's persona, but making him slightly more extreme. I had no problem with the Riddler. I liked the Riddler. I loved this iteration of the Riddler. I know that we've been talking about this a lot recently because I just read that book, but I, he really reminded me of the Zodiac. Yeah. Mm. I thought that was the first thing that, uh, sure. that opening sure. scene really took me by surprise. So like, oh, they're really just like going hard on the Zodiac of this. And then the fucking first thing he says, yeah. he says, this is the Riddler speaking, you know, mm-hmm. which is famously the opening line from the Zodiac letters. Yeah. I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised at all to hear that that was an influence. Oh, no, 100%. Oh, it was, it was, for it was sure. Totally with the, the letters, the handwriting, the, yeah. the cipher. The Even code. the creepy mask, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very, and like they said, it's like very functional. It was army surplus, like just how the Zodiac got his stuff. You know, like very military based. Like I thought he was fantastic. Well, it was interesting because at some point, at least for me, it was like I almost forgot the Riddler was in the movie because in the middle you get so heavy in on Catwoman mm-hmm. and the Penguin and the mob. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh right, still got the Riddler to deal with. So he only comes back at the end. And Mike mentioned earlier how it had a million endings, and it did have several endings. So you think the movie's wrapped up, and then the Riddler unveils his plan, which yeah. we should have all seen coming, because that's like the classic mo- villain thing, right? You put him in jail, and he unleashes his plan from jail and watches from the Right, right, right. He's not going to turn himself. Yeah, it was John Doe, really, from Seven. It was like Zodiac right. and John Oh, this is, this is Zodiac plus Seven equals Batman, this, this movie. He blows the seawall around Gotham, and it floods the city, and that's the whole big I wish they had established that just a tiny bit. The seawall, yeah. Yeah. I disagree a little bit. Okay. I actually really liked that they said, here's a threat, it's already done, Where, uh, as opposed to mm. other, I think feel like other superhero movies could have had Batman trying to disarm the bomb. No, I'm just talking about the seawall. I, I just didn't realize that Gotham was surrounded by water. Just even an establishing shot at some point in the movie. Mm, I get, I get you at I all. Because I, I was like, oh shit, has there been a seawall all around the? And like, I thought it was really fucking cool, and I'm really glad that they did it. I was just really distracted. I just was. It just came out of the blue for me, which maybe that was the intention. But I, I, I thought maybe if I had seen it, if I knew that not only was there all this corruption suffocating Gotham. But it was also surrounded by like all this Manhattan. pressure, you know. That might have been an interesting, you know, foreshadowing. Right. It's just, a, just, a, yeah. So my thought process was, oh shit, that movie is over, and and now it's doing this thing. And then I thought, yeah. do we need this? Can we cut this? And I thought, no, this is so like comic booky. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always a bomb that's going to destroy the city. The hero always stops the bomb. And here, mm-hmm. the, the hero doesn't, and the city is flooded, and lots of people die, and... Yeah, and he's paralyzed by it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The re- the relentless nature of not just the corruption, but, you know, the water. Uh, all these forces... You can't punch down. water. Right. He doesn't spring into action. Like, that entire right. sequence, where the water is flooding the whole thing, it just holds on him. He's not Yeah, he just looks at out all. the window like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, there was an F-bomb in this movie, and it yeah. actually, like, my jaw kind of dropped. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know why I'm so cons- so conservative. We were <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but every time they, every time they, like, swore in this movie, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, well, ooh, <laughs> saucy. Yeah, whoa. Well, la-di-da. You guys liked the end, the whole um, rescue at Madison, Madison Square Garden. 
I mean, what's a what's a comic book movie without a set piece at the end like that? But uh, yeah. I thought they went about it in a really interesting way. These things come at you so fast. Like the Riddler has a following. He has a following that's I armed. like that. He's yeah. in yeah. jail. These psychos are going to take care of it, and they're already in there. I mean, this is a yeah. internet inspired chat room based yep. rebellion, yep. right? This like murder hole, and I thought, like, wow, this is fucking. It's pretty intense. The moment when the mayor looks up and sees them all. With her yeah. guns pointed at her, yeah. I, I went, oh, fuck. Yeah, and it got real, it got serious real fast. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I thought they killed her. I was like, man, this yeah. movie is I thought rough. I thought so, too. I thought that was kind of a cheap move to let her live. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that should have just killed her. <laughs> well, these guys aren't marksmen. These yeah, are just yeah. random dudes. There was some pretty imagery there, though, when he uh, has the torch and he's fall- everybody's... Oh my god! I, well, I, that, that's kind of what the whole movie is, right? Like he, that, that child is not scared of him, and he is the light. Like he yeah. needs yep. to lead these people out of here, out of this mess. There is a line where he, I, I think the Riddler says, "What's uh, you know, black and red and blue or whatever." There was a scene where he's in the water, and it's the red and blue cop lights, and that is yep. his body. And then followed soon after with him taking everybody to the light, which was terrific you know you have a a bat never does that right and so it was also very very pretty to look at so i think while i might have had i was challenged a bit like it was like wow this keeps on going at least i wasn't bored by this the extra ending and also that that action that set piece is so intense yeah i really really enjoyed that um i thought it was cutting the cable Cutting the cable was really cool. And uh, when he gets shot in the chest with the shotgun, I'm like, yeah, his ribs are broken. He cannot, he cannot move. Like, Yeah. It was a little schmuck baby when they had the guy point the gun at his head. You know, and like they drew mm-hmm. that moment out just a little too long a where it's like, bit. I know you're not going to kill him. <laughs> Let's keep going. Right. It was like five seconds too long. Other than that, I thought that whole sequence. And then whatever he shoots in his leg, you know, to keep going. It was like adrenaline or something. Yeah. That was wild. So whatever kind of fucked up serum he's got. And then for yeah. a little nerd brain in me for a second, I was right. like, oh, it's green. Is there a little kryptonite or, you know, like. Or it could be, it could be also venom, the stuff that Bane took. I really liked right, that right. because it was, it was, was like, it, be, it was a switch and then it flipped. There was a little bit of like a ritual that had to happen, a series of steps for him to actually jack in like that. And uh, <laughs> it was the first time that I've seen Batman rely on chemicals to make him be superhuman yep. for a second. I thought that was really powerful. Like, even he because knew there might be moments when he has to do that. I, but I just don't think I've ever seen Bruce turn to chemicals before. He might have in the books, but I've never right. seen him have to, like, power up like that. It's always been his anger or his, his will. strength. His, his, or his iron will. will. Yeah, that has gotten yeah. him through. And the fact that even he needs a drug, like all these other people, was kind of interesting. And then the fact that when Gordon approached him, you know. Yeah. That was a really cool moment too. Like he couldn't. Gordon get was out terrific. Oh, Jeffrey, amazing! I, I mean, Jeffrey Wright's always terrific, but I thought he was a great Jim Gordon. He felt like he was an equal partner to Batman. Yeah, mm-hmm. the rapport was was really spot on. He was as good of an investigator. Yep. He, you know, he was just as capable. It wasn't ever like Batman was leading him around. It was like we are doing this together. Great cops in this movie. Great accents on some of these yeah. cops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cops really got over Batman beating them all up and running free from the police station because <laughs> the next time they saw him, it was all fine again. <laughs> the two and a half. No. Two and a fifty-five, almost three-hour running time allowed them to do a lot of things. And yes, it was overwhelming sometimes and long. But if you cut any of these elements out, you lose a lot. Mm-hmm. On the drive home, I was trying to think, well, where can you cut thirty minutes out of this movie? And I don't know how you can do that without really taking no. the legs out from under it. 
And and you know, people apparently are into it. I just I was looking at the numbers, right? It had 134 million opening and 34 million of that was Sunday night. Mm, that's when I saw it. That's when I saw it as well. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of legs it has, but I at first I was like, "Oh man, I got to go to the theater because I just I just didn't know when I would see it schedule-wise." But sure. I'm glad that it it sort of forced me to get out and my theater was packed. It was it was it's a small theater, admittedly, but it was a sold-out show for most, as far as I could tell. So, was there anything that you guys really, that you just really didn't like? Any choice that they made, or anything that you know, happened in, in the story or characters? I feel like I covered it, but I just my biggest gripe was just the the plot was very complicated. But yeah. I don't. I feel like they could have pared that down a little bit. The fact that the big event was off screen that they kept talking about, and like there there was a lot of backtracking and backtracking. I feel like they could have maybe adjusted that a little bit to keep it more present, but it never took me out of the story too much. I always felt like I f- I felt what I needed to feel. You know, yeah. the actors did a really good job of that. One thing that was kind of fun, Kevin Saunderson is a one of the OG techno producers, great DJ, and he did some absolutely insane music for the club stuff. <laughs> like I, they I. I looked it up after, and I realized, oh, he had done a couple of things because the it was super, super Detroity. It just, I just never heard. I haven't heard that kind of music in a mo- mainstream movie before, and I was like, oh my god, they really actually went for it. So yeah, that, was, I, I, that was fun. I thought all the music. I thought the music was. It was really what did interesting. You guys think of the score? Is that, it was a was is that was a Nirvana fantastic. track, right? That's yeah, Nirvana. yeah. They kept dropping that. Yeah, that yeah. was really cool. They kept they played that twice. I thought that was um, well, well. They played those three notes throughout the movie. Yeah, and they incorporated it into the score. I thought I, I thought the score cool. was fantastic, and I yeah. was really surprised to see that it was Michael Giacchino. Maybe because I'm again, I I, I had no idea that was more him. cheerful, stu- more wow. cheerful stuff out of him or something. But I was like, holy shit, this guy can do everything. It was That's really amazing. sort of downer piano that yeah. was not your usual sort of hero soundtrack yeah. or score. Again, like something that fits this vision. Yeah. Yeah. We also saw what would happen if you took Chicago, you took New York, and you meshed them together. <laughs> yeah, that um, was funny how they, they would have three straight shots where it's like, New York, <laughs> Chicago, <laughs> Northern England, or like whatever. Like, yeah. Whoa, what Scotland. Yeah. yeah, where the fuck are we? So you had Times Square that had a little bit of Piccadilly Circus in the middle of it. And, and, you and had... then like a, a green screen shot that was like all three of them, you know? <laughs> straight up, Madison Square Garden. I, I liked Alfred from, what was it, the Batman Earth One sort of iteration of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was the military guy who came with with the cane and everything? So that was kind of a nice take. I, I felt like I could have used more of him. Actually, I mean, they used him. Yeah, you wonder a, what got yeah. cut because there definitely was a longer version. Obviously, there always is. But you wonder what didn't make it. You got to think maybe some Alfred stuff. There was another Joker scene. We haven't talked about the Joker yet. Yeah. So at the end of the movie, when Riddler gets put in Arkham, next door to his cell is. He's called the unseen Arkham prisoner in the credits, but it's the Joker, played by Barry Keoghan. Cohen, Cohen. He's Irish. It could, it could sound like anything. <laughs> he was listed above the title in the credits. Oh wow! And he played the Joker. Good and agent. apparently, there was another scene earlier in the film in which Batman comes to visit him, Hannibal Lecter style, to get his thoughts on the Riddler. So that got cut, which I think was a mm. good idea. Oh yeah, that is a fact. Matt Reeves said it in, a, in an interview. That he. Oh okay. There was another Joker scene in the in the middle that he probably put on the DVD. I feel like that would have been very distracting. Yeah, yeah, it would have been, totally been. I like that the world felt lived in. So like the op- scene opens and the thugs in the subway are Joker inspired. So I was like, okay, we've already had this world. He's already fought the Joker. Yeah, you know, we were already we're in the midst of this reality, and that was I thought was great. And having the Joker already be in prison was good. 
And you never really saw him. He was silhouetted, and mm-hmm. you saw a little bit of hair and a little bit of messed up face, but you couldn't really, Again, you couldn't really see him. Again, trust the audience that they know based on the voice and the dialogue and the and just the, the way he's talking and the laughter. Like, they're going to get it. You don't even need yep. to show us, you know? And, like, we saw his, like, spiky hair or whatever for, like, a second. Yeah. But, like, yeah. they'll get it, you know? I did think it was interesting, the whole, the renewal fund being the slush fund. I thought it was interesting mm-hmm. that they really went there with Bruce's dad actually having considered... Well, that is straight out of Long Halloween, where mm-hmm. he saves Carmine Falcone's life on the right. coffee I remember on the that. table, does That's the surgery, right. Bruce watches, and they become friends. There's a few things I get really worked up about. One of them is making his parents bad, and I'm glad that they gave us an out. Yes. Yeah, I was like, uh-oh. That he told Carmine to scare this guy, but not to kill him. Carmine killed him. Yeah. And then... Yeah, but if you get in business with a guy like him, you you know what you're getting involved. I mean... I know, but like at least he... Hey, go solve this problem for me. <laughs> the other thing that I think is always Tony a Soprano. Is, yeah. is, uh is giving a name to their killer. And so here mm. it's like, oh, was it... Did Falcone kill his parents? And that's always a mistake. I'm just... I'm sorry. Ultimately, it always doesn't be- matter. Yeah. Because if, if Batman can identify the killer, he can end his pain. Whereas if the killer is an anonymous mugger, all crime is responsible. Right, right. So he can close the book on it if it's someone he, he can identify. Which right. is so, I did, you know, the Joker in, in Batman 89 was a mistake. In the comics, they even identified the guy. Like, that was always a mistake. It's got to be this guy he could never find. Yeah. And yeah. that's why he's doing this forever. So anyway, I'm glad that they, they gave us an out saying, well, I don't think it was... A mob hit. It was just a coincidence, so right. that's fine. It gives it can go either way, and I'm I can live right. with that. Bruce is still confused, so we're still confused, and right. that's all that matters. Also, having his mom be an Arkham was a new thing. She's never been an Arkham before. Okay, but I was gonna yeah. During the movie, I thought I'm gonna ask Connor about this, but that was that's not canon, right? Yeah, in the comics, they gave her the last name of Kane, you know, for Bob Kane. But right, Arkham and the Waynes were two of the founding families of the city, but they've never had her be a Arkham before. Or have mental illness. I did love Paul Dano's character as being one of the orphans that was forgotten. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I actually really liked that whole part. Well, for a second, I thought they were going to do a major swerve on us because the reporter who was digging into Thomas yeah. Wayne was, was named Elliot. And they said he was killed over hush money. And they put the word hush on the screen. Yes. Dude, Tommy Elliot is hush. Are they going to make the Riddler Tommy Elliot? Right. And I thought, well, that's going to be a major change, but they didn't do that. I don't know why they just didn't make him hush to begin with. If Yeah, you know, yeah. But, well, you're talking about stuff that got cut? Maybe that's so I was right like, there. oh, no, are they going to make a, like a really big swerve here? But they didn't. There was a lot of things about income inequality and social inequality that, that runs through the entire movie, whether it's more from the forefront Lost or Lost faith in institutions. Yeah. yeah. And so Riddler being someone who was initially saved by the, the Wayne Foundation, but then when Thomas Wayne died and Bruce was a child, it fell apart and he was neglected and it was horrible to being in the orphanage. That was interesting. Yeah. I came out of it, I was like overwhelmed a little bit. Like, I really need to see it again because mm-hmm. you come out of that, you've been basically pummeled in the face for three hours of this intense noir yeah. thriller. And it's like, well, I don't know. Whoa, what did I just, well, I liked it though. I thought it was, it was a cinematic experience. It was terrific. There was some great fight choreography with the Catwoman, but there was also that really, I thought that using the machine gun flare, the muzzle burst mm-hmm. to do yeah. almost like a stop motion. Yes. Like that was, I thought that was actually so good. I agree. I think that was fantastic. And it really reminded me of the only enjoyable moment in Star Wars Rogue One, where at the end, <laughs> where Vader. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, it reminded me of that scene. Yeah. Uh, I don't yes. know if anyone if that tickled anyone else's. That was cool. I've severed that move from my memory, but I remember that part of it. <laughs> oh, God. Should we take a hard left and make this a Rogue One podcast? <laughs> so, <laughs> a movie I haven't seen and since I ran out of the theater. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about what happens if you have two people direct one movie. Yep. I thought, first of all, this needed to be seen on the big screen. From the mm-hmm. sound design and the art direction, you don't want this in your house where there's light noise and... You get distracted and you're on your phone because he's, he's staring at a clue for five minutes. That didn't stop anyone else in my theater. Oh, oh really? Really? I think this is the last time I ever go to a multiplex like this. I'm done. Oh, which one did you go to? Really? The, oh, they're usually pretty good. The they're crowd was repulsive. No way. I re- re- thought about it after the movie. I was like, you know, people have been just used to watch from COVID. Yes. People are just used to yes. watching movies in their living room, and they think they're in their living room right now. Like one person was on Instagram the entire movie. One, no, one, one person was playing a racing game on their phone where they had to what? rotate their phone to steer. Holy! I've never seen that. The ever. person, That's the shocking. people behind us were talking. The people to the right of us were talking. The the woman to the right of us kept live commenting on the movie. What? And and then at one point said. How much time is left? And her a boyfriend just pulled his phone out and he goes, about an hour. <laughs> uh, wow. And she goes, damn, an hour? Uh, no. I was, yeah. I'm I was sorry, like, okay, man. so I guess there's an hour left. That's unusual for that theater. That's my go-to theater. I've never had that happen. I that can't imagine what it's going to take to get me back. Wow. I, but like, I don't really see a lot of, you know, like. New movies. New, like, <laughs> yeah, new movies, but like new box office-y kind of yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. Movies that play this theater and that only play this theater. When's the next time I'm going to do this? Like Batman 2? I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe That's I'll try really to next time. But I am, I, yeah, I'm not, I don't need to do that. Wow. It's on HBO Max in 45 days. <laughs> yeah. Huh. That's a bummer. Just fucking terrible. I wonder if how many other people have had that same experience where this is the first movie that they've gone to in quite a while. I did not have that experience in Dune, but I saw that at a big ass single serving kind of theater right i thought that i was gonna get that a little more here because it's opening weekend people are so excited to see the movie you're not getting people who are just like yeah let's just go see a fucking movie whatever like the people were very excited it was a pretty full theater for a a sunday evening and now it was just fucking terrible even the people who are enjoying the movie wow interesting oh wow this is violent oh wow this scene's really long i can't really see his eyes That's Are we going to see Catwoman again? <laughs> oh, no. You know, just a lot of stuff like that. I was just like, they think they're in their fucking living room. That's, That's upsetting. I went to two movies at last week oh, and wow. did not have a problem. Interesting. But well, good for you. I go, I go Hank invites times. it. Hank invites it, yeah. So any final thoughts on The Batman? Mike, I'll let you go first. No, it's like, you know what? It's, it's kind of one of those things that the more I get a chance to talk about it, the more I appreciate it. You know, I was never bored. I never actually never left to go to the bathroom or anything like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So how did everybody deal with the time? Like- I was fine with it. And I had a big old thing of water. I mean, I had some food, but... That's risky. I actually thought the pacing was pretty consistent throughout. You know, obviously, there were some scenes that might have gone a little bit too on here and there. But at the end of the day, I thought it was a pretty spare movie, even despite its length. There wasn't a lot. I don't think there was a lot of fat on there. Maybe scene to scene. Maybe Hank has more. But um, I was surprised how much I liked it. I'm just thinking that if you... We're talking about stuff that was cut. It was probably the fat. I mean, the, the yeah, way that yeah. movie feels is probably because they cut everything out that they didn't need. I agree. There was no drop in that movie or lull in the movie. But um, mm-hmm. I think the real the real test of the length was when the Riddler goes into incarceration. Yeah. I think it probably happened around the two-hour mark. 
that is an extra act on the movie that you don't expect. And when those things happen, you I think that you internalize like, oh, shouldn't the movie be over now? And like, oh, we're still going. I, I But they played it really well. I, I didn't have any issue with it. You sort of mentally prepare yourself. This is the movie's wrapping up and then you're, you're, you're not. It's yeah. Like, then you're in a war with your all bladder. All that structure is internalized. We've, we've all seen a thousand movies. We know how There was a point about an, I'd say an hour and a half into the movie and I was prepared. Like, I didn't consume anything for at least an hour before the movie. No water, no food, <laughs> nothing. And how'd you do? And about an hour and a half into the movie, I was like, oh man, I really got to pee. And then like, I went into like lockdown. Yeah, I think yeah, it was yeah. like years of going to Comic-Cons and sure. working and not being able to go to the bathroom where I'm like, my body can go into survival mode. Mm-hmm. I did it during Blade Runner. I did, you know, it can go into survival mode unless, like I used to go drinking before movies and then that was a different story. <laughs> ah, but, yeah. but I like shut it down and it didn't bother me. Yeah. But then the movie was over. I waited to the, the end of the fucking credits. Oh yeah. Can you let us know? Yeah. First of all, fuck that i didn't see it i didn't i whitney wanted to go i warned home. both you guys i warned you both no you know you did not warn us properly you did not warn I us s- properly you said, you said it was a thing you should have said it was a waste of time <laughs> i said you don't need to wait for it but what was it i'll tell you the riddler text comes up and it says goodbye question mark and goes away that's it it's just the riddler text it was not any footage it was fucking no. nothing oh it should have said fuck you <laughs> you're still here yeah <laughs> people gotta clean this fucking theater up i think it was a play on the idea that these movies always have something important and i realized that's kind of dumb just don't have it yeah don't have like, it yeah put as it soon as that was over i bolted out of there to go to the bathroom but anyway that was the batman what do you guys give it out of five stars oh jeez, i haven't done that so uh, you know what i'll go bold i'll say like four and a half out of five mm-hmm. i think that Again, like I said at the beginning, you can knock this movie for what it isn't sure. or your expectations. But if you take in this movie for what it is, which is a really singular, unique vision for a superhero movie in an era where there's so much homogenization about mm-hmm. these movies, having one feel different and feel specific and really have a vision is so rewarding and so refreshing that I just really enjoyed it. Top to bottom, I, it's not perfect, but it is... Really great. I'm not ready to compare it to the other movies yet. I didn't know it was part of a trilogy, so I mean, there's more wow. to take in. He hasn't said that. They haven't said that, but like, it seems like that's what they're building. You know, they're always they always want to. Oh, totally. This this movie ends with it, but like, there's so much emotion to this movie, and there's so much. Uh, their, their take on Bruce Wayne is just this damaged, fucked up guy. You know. Yep. I thought it was really fantastic, and I'm really happy they made it. I love the did. Marvel movies, but this is sort of your counterpoint to the producer-driven Marvel films. Mm-hmm. where it doesn't really matter who the director is for the most part. Yeah. This is very much the director's vision. That's what Warner Brothers does with DC films, for better or for worse, usually for worse. Did you get the trailer at the beginning, the DC trailer, where it yes. showed Black yeah. Adam? what the fuck was that about? It was... <laughs> You're showing me a trailer for the movie I'm going to watch in three minutes. <laughs> but I mean, it was framed in context of these other things that oh yeah i was like oh i'm not gonna watch any of this <laughs> i'm not watching i'm not watching any of those movies you're not gonna watch the flash because it has michael keaton returning as batman no i do not care okay michael keaton's fan. well i don't know maybe uh, maybe if you say it's great i don't know i did forget about the affleck movies until like this morning this is yeah. supposed to be ben affleck batman movie that was supposed to be the solo film coming out of the justice League. i think pattinson showed the like the people's skepticism and he just yes i thought he was, he's a great he actor so good. i thought he did really, he's a great, really actor. great actor he's great he's so weird looking and so tall and so strange yeah i think it's awesome that they i love it that they were like what if the batman's really hot <laughs> 
Well, I think that people would say the same for yeah, Christian Bale, but yeah, Mike, Hank gave it a four point five out of I'm five. I'm so enthusiastic about Hank's like. I like what Hank is saying. You should judge a film by what it is and not what you you know you hoped or whatever your preconceived notions are. If people are like, well, it was so depressing, it was too dour. If Batman is so like dark. This is that kind of movie, and I think that they were unrelenting and uncompromising in making a film that way. I think Selena Kyle, Zoe Kravitz adds kind of a, a mirth and an energy that was a great counterpoint and helped the movie never fall energy-wise. And so, mm-hmm. I, you know what? I'm just, it's the new me. It's new year. <laughs> I don't have to wear a mask sometimes, most times. I'm going to say, I'm going to give it 4.52. I love it. I love I'm going off. I'm ha- drafting off of Hank's optimism. <laughs> I love it. All right. I'm going to give it a 4.45. Just because. Wow. So you hated this movie? Yeah. I hated it. Why you gotta obviously. be such a hater? God. I just because I want to see it again. I really did like it. You know, I'm somewhere in the mid, in the four and a quarter, four and a half range. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing it again. Who would have thought though? Right? Who would have thought when I heard about this film? Like, do we need yet another Batman movie? But also, like, this is what you're supposed to fucking do. You know, yeah. like we have all that other stuff. Give me something new. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited for whatever sequels they make, and I'm excited for. The eventual recasting of Batman for another franchise in eight years. <laughs> well, this is as close to me as getting that year one experience, right? That of yeah, the book. Yeah. This is as close as I think we'll probably ever get to that book, and I, I'm I'm grateful for it. Well, there's a lot of that book to it. They said year one, Long Halloween, and Batman Ego were the three things they looked at sure. for this movie. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. One one last note on the movie. Yeah. yeah the, the Shakespeare bust and him running down a building. Oh, that was great. <laughs> that was That's great. Fantastic. There were lots of little things like that. The strange glider suit. Oh, and how he, he couldn't really use it that well. And it's, Peter Sarsgaard, who came in and crushed it for those two or three scenes. Yeah, wait, uh, yeah. wait. Who? I'll, I'll, I'll Sarsgaard was the DA. He was the DA. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Which is he funny because his wife played the assistant oh, DA in the Nolan films. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Funny. Yeah. Funny. So that's it for the Batman. You can obviously listen to our Pick of the Week show every week where Josh Flanagan and I talk about the week's comics. We have our monthly interview talksplode show that alternates with our monthly graphic novel review show called booksplode and we do this every month thanks to the patrons at patreon.com slash ifanboy and we'll be back for the next special edition at some point i don't know what the next film is anymore what is it but i wonder i literally don't know we're, uh, we're doing the new top gun movie yeah we'll be, doing, we'll be back for top gun maverick <laughs> uh, until yeah. then thanks for listening i'm connor thank you and i'm mike I'm Hank. Thanks for having me. That was super fun. That was super fun. It's great. Shorter than the movie. <laughs> <laughs>